The cookware you use is a highly underestimated and integral part of your food and nutrition. Find out why most cookware is toxic and vulgarizing the quality of your food and get an insight into the healthiest cookware on the planet and how to optimize your nutritional intake. Welcome to the Vital Veda Show. Immerse in a shared experience with me of exploring exciting realms of holistic health and the rich expansive field of consciousness of which underlies and encompasses everything. It is here that we explore the essence of what health and vitality truly is. Get ready to discover how to enliven your ultimate potential for health and to live life in a frictionless flow while achieving more. You deserve to feel vitality. As a matter of fact, it is innate within you. Hello, thank you for joining me. My name is Dylan Smith. I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner and holistic health educator and appreciate of you for joining me today. Thanks. If you haven't been on this show before or listened to any other episodes, welcome. This is a show where I interview experts in the field of health, spirituality, um, anything really to support your journey on being the most evolutionary version of yourself and being the highest version of yourself and giving you the tools and knowledge so that you can take action on this knowledge and thrive in life and not just get by, not just avoid, prevent disease, but actually feel vitality and radiate life for all to enjoy. And there's so many aspects to this formula to make that happen. And I talk about a lot of them in the show, on my blog, on my Instagram, that's all my sources of knowledge and of course my uh, newsletter. But there's so many aspects and you just got to, you know, bring them all together and start implementing changes in these various aspects. And one of them is the cookware you use. And I don't have to talk much about it because we've got a quite a lengthy podcast. It's not just about cookware, but it is about nutrition and your food because really the cookware use is an absolutely integral part of your food. And food is one of the three pillars of health in Ayurveda and in life. You need food to be alive. So definitely you have to consider the cookware you use. Just before we get into this episode, I'm going to give you a heads up on what's coming up. Um, in July, I will be in New York City and I'll be giving consultations, lectures, treatments um, from July 9th, I believe, for a few days, five days. And I'm doing five days because I want people to come in for a series of treatments because the way I like to treat is rather than coming in once a week for like a nice calming treatment, reduce some stress, I like to treat in a series of treatments, typically seven days, but also five days is also possible. Um, and in five days, if we do treatments every day, by the way, it can also be done for three days to a lesser degree of effectiveness. When we treat consecutive days, then that gives a chance for me to go deep into a physiology and create more significant change in the biology and deeper healing and go deeper and release the deeper traumas and release the deeper stresses out of the body and um, heal, whether it's the musculoskeletal system, the back or some nervous issue that's been there for a while, whatever it is. That's why I like to treat in series. And you know, usually when I travel, I don't get to do many days. So I'm very excited to be offering five days in New York City where I can you know, have series of treatments with people and go deep. After New York City, I will be in Colorado from 18th of June, I believe, and I'll be doing the same thing, not for five days, but for three or four days. And I'll be doing that in Colorado and New York in July. For all information, go to the events page under my website and click on USA 2019 tour. 
as well as that, we're hosting a Bali retreat, me and a fantastic yoga teacher called Shakti Savita, and that is in Bali in October. That's also in the events page. That's really just about, you know, use retreating, literally retreat from city life and rejuvenate yourselves in mitochondrial energy and give yourself a much needed rejuvenation from city life or regular home life. So those are the things coming up. I just want to mention this is an absolutely awesome podcast. I don't think I've ever been... It's one of the most podcast episodes I've been so excited about after. Like when I just get off the phone to the person or get out of the room, I was just so excited and just the energy invigorates me and it's just amazing knowledge. So it's all about cookware and I'm interviewing a really expert and purist and this is why I really enjoyed her because Miriam like myself, I must say, is very pure, authentic. We are very passionate about providing the most authentic quality product or healing mechanisms to you. So trust me, you after this episode, you probably want to buy Miriam's cookware because it is second to absolutely none. You know, you can't even, it's so hard to find clay cookware at this quality. I don't know. I've seen other people's clay cookware. It does not come anywhere near now you think, oh, really? I need to buy cookware. Well, listen to this. All right, you get a, you'll get a feeling. And personally, I just can't wait to change all my stuff to her clay. I've already got one pot, and I've got another two on the way, and don't really want to be cooking with anything else other than that. So, if you want to go on, if you want a discount, you can get a discount for all the listeners of this episode. You go onto Vital Vader website, vitalveda.com.au. Under about, click on Friends of Vital Vader. These are all friends of mine and products and services that I personally recommend. And some of them come with discount codes such as Miriam's Earthen Cookware. So you use my unique link and you'll get 10% off. One last thing before we get into the industry of cookware and the wide diverse materials that can be used. Don't forget to leave a review, subscribe to the show, share it with a friend, post it, share an Instagram story. It really helps. You know, um, yeah, I do this for the love. Miriam did this for the love. Did it for free. I paid to do it out of my own pocket um, support is greatly appreciated so food ahara is one of the three pillars of health according to Ayurveda it's called Traya Upastamba and mm-hmm. obviously food nourishes your tissues it sustains your life without food we'd, we'd be dead so you cannot only think about the food. You have to think about how it's cooked. You need to include the cookware it's cooking in. And today we're joined by Miriam, who's been in the cookware industry for how many years? About six years now. Okay, good. Six years and seems very knowledgeable, very passionate um, from her blog. Quite a Quite a purist in every bit of the process of creating cookware and even to sending it and harvesting it and all all the um ways and you know as per some people's opinions people would say that miriam's cookware is the healthiest cookware on the planet and i think that's you know i personally researched it and i personally use it in my cooking and i would agree um, that it's definitely one of the healthiest clay cookware on the planet, but we need to also consider other healthy cookwares like gold, but that is not used a lot and quite unfeasible for most people. So it's definitely one of the healthiest cookware on the planet. 
Um, and we're going to talk about that. And we're going to also talk about other types of cookware and other materials and go through them. So, Mim, what got you into cookware? <coughs> yes, thanks, Dylan. Dylan, am I saying your name right? Yes, you are. Okay, wonderful. Um, what could, got me onto cookware? Um, long story short, two factors got me onto um, changing the cookware that I was using or the popular cookware of the day. Um, one was my own health, uh, and, and the second one was the health of the people around me. So my own health, when I was pregnant with my first child, I was diagnosed with diabetes. Mm. I was slightly pre-diabetic and then it became full-blown uh, during pregnancy and I was shocked. I was young, I was, what's going on? I was seemingly eating healthy, um, you know, cooking food from scratch and so on and so forth. And uh, just shocked by, by, by this diagnosis. And I said, what could be going on? What is wrong? And then to see diabetes as a, uh, pandemic, you know, some, something so prevalent um, in my day and age. And then looking back a little bit, uh, you know, it was not there. It was basically, uh, you know, uh, not there at all, maybe two generations before me. Mm-hmm. What is it about the disease, that illness that just cropped up and what's going on? And secondly, I had just come to the United States. And, you know, when you're coming from India or from anywhere in the world, you know, certain countries have a certain reputation. You think, okay, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's uh, all this lala and everything. And then when I came here, I was so heartbroken to see the amount of, um, you know, illnesses and sicknesses and the plethora of it, you know, the, the extense, extensive um you know, uh, prevalence of it, so to speak, you know, like you're sitting in church or you're talking to people, all you hear is children succumbing to cancer or, you know, people uh, vibrant in the best of their health or their age uh, suddenly falling prey to illnesses like cancer. And and I come from a community, uh, a huge one, and you are a master of Ayurveda and you know science and, you know, health education and the knowledge of um, health has been there in India for, from, you know, you know, more than thousands of years, like you say. Um, so I'm like, if, if it was an issue, they would have discovered it, but it wasn't. It, in my community, at least, there was no um, known uh, cancer people or people suffering from that illness. And I'm like, what is this difference? What is causing that? And then all these factors really um, kind of probed or caused me to look into cookware, food. Yes, food is a factor. Food is important. But what happens to uh, food in this transformational process where it's being turned from raw to cooked? Um, How much of the nutrients are preserved? How much of the pot itself is interacting with the food? Why is it doing that? And how does that affect the body? and uh, every part of the body and every function in the body. So looking into all of that, um, you know, led me to find out about this timeless um, and age-old time-tested practice of cooking in clay. And I was fascinated with what I found out. And, uh, And I started implementing in my own life. I looked for the purest because the idea was to get the purest food into your body so it can heal itself because illness or sickness was a state 
um, in life that I could not accept. I mean, you could not, you could not be given this beautiful life in this beautiful planet and expect to live with, you know, sickness and disease, you know, half your days. It just didn't make sense. So then if I'm striving for the best, I'd, ra- I'd rather look for the best in every way. So that's what, um, you know, uh, and I looked for it in the market, the current market at that time. I didn't find one. There was all types of cookware, all types of metal cookware, all types of ceramic cookware, glazed, coated, colored, uh, polished, smooth, shiny, everything. But there was no pure clay cookware. And uh, so then I decided to make it on my own. And then when I made it, then I benefited from it. Um, I got rid of diabetes. I had thyroid issues. I got rid of that health coming back. And it was such a subtle change. And it took some time. It took like about took about four to um, six um, months. But this change was so permanent, so firm, and so in its core that uh, it, it, it was so seamless also. You know, it was not like a major change. And yet I was getting healthier and healthier as the weeks and months went by. And you could see it like from like my hair, I did not have, I lost a lot of my hair, but everything started coming back. I mean, even premature graying from the nails. And those are indicative of internal health. You know, the external, your skin, your nails, your hair is, indicates something that's going on inside. So uh, with all of that and getting rid of these illnesses and and, uh, so on and so forth, I said, I have to take it to the world. I can't keep it for myself. Um, and uh, I got many reassurances from Ayurvedic, uh, you know, uh, experts, uh, religious experts, uh, people of renown in every aspect of life, just randomly calling me and say, you know, what you're doing is holy or what you're doing is pure or what you're doing is what we should be doing and things like, okay, uh, somebody from London says, uh, okay, this is, uh, you know, the world is overcome with illnesses and sicknesses and clay cookware is what we need. Uh, you know, you're doing something that is uh, good. So then that was a confirmation and a reaffirmation. Um, so I left my day job and I started making clay cookware. Beautiful. And <laughs> we're going to go more into diabetes and the relationship with the cookware and diabetes, which is an amazing feat which i've learned about through your blog and i think it's so important and was your first pregnancy in america sorry in india or america america america, america. okay fine well both yeah. india and america have an absolute pandemic of diabetes and high blood sugar pre-diabetes um mm-hmm. you know let's start with i mean we'll go through this when we talk about diabetes relationship mm-hmm. but you know india has you know, India is about 50% of the world's diabetes. Yes. 50% of the population of the world is in India, right? And there's about 1 million people die a year in India from diabetes. And mm. America's also, I think it's 85% of Americans are pre-diabetic or high, high blood sugar. So it's definitely a pandemic. Um, and in places like India, where they eat large amounts of rice every day, um, they can significantly change this their blood sugars with the cookware they use and we'll talk about that in a bit and i really think i had like an amazing epiphany reading about this yesterday is that this is what india needs this will make a huge difference because they eat ridiculous amounts of rice um not ridiculous but 
huge amounts. Anyway, that's true. That's true. But um, so as you said, there's an epidemic of chronic disease right now. We're seeing young children get cancer and uh, anxiety and mental ailments, and you know half the men are going to get cancer. One third of the, sorry, one one third of the women will get cancer and uh, infertility. We you know autoimmune disease. We don't have to go through and make them scared, but it's taking all the necessary steps in and actions in life to start reducing the toxic load in your body and start invigorating your body with prana with life force with healthy food with healthy water you know i've done podcasts on fluoride like this is i've done you know pesticides these are just all little aspects of our environment that we need to reduce slowly and another one is the cookware we're using and if you may think oh it's not that important i mean cookware like Come on, it can't influence us that much. But the reality is we are cooking every day, three meals, maybe more, and we're using this every day and it is very biologically active on us. So, um, can, you know, the, it's very influential on the, on the food we eat. And as I said, food is the one of three pillars and, and whatever you cook with in, into links with that food and goes into our body. So... Let's go through the, the different types of cookware that people are using. And, you know, let's start with, and this is an old one and most of us know, but let's just really get this out of the way. Teflon. I mean, that's no, a known toxic. Um, that's right. I think uh, some countries have banned it. I'm not sure. I think Europe. Some countries Europe, have, yes. Yes, yeah? that's true. Yes. Yeah, se- several European countries, um, nations have banned that. Um, Teflon or the PFOA um, and its subsidiaries, but it, it's different forms because, like they say, okay, it's free of PFOA, but it has something else to replace it. What is PFOA? Um, uh, poly. Okay, <laughs> some toxin. It, it is a toxin. I can get that for you uh, in a second, but um, uh, it's it's you know these chemical no- names. The mind is never uh, meant to retain that in our knowledge. <laughs> yes, it's it's so much, and as in today's world, especially the mind is so meant to solve our problems. We forget these uh, names quickly, but I can get it to you in a second. Um, PFOA is uh, stands for let's see, uh, perfluoronic acid. That's what I thought. Yes, in the nonstick. <laughs> Yeah, perfluoronic acid, yes. lead, and cadmium right. in the nonstick pans. So it's a slippery um, petrochemical based uh, kind of glue, mm-hmm. liquid metal glue that is applied um, onto cookware. It is outright dangerous. I mean, they say, I mean, it's not said because if when you say it's said, it kind of. Uh, decreases the value of what you're going to say but it it is known that it affects the uh, ozone layer when you just even heat the toxic fumes from pfoa um uh, they say like if you have birds in your kitchen two three days cooking in pfoa pans will kill them three days like if you cook three meals a day in your pan that has teflon on it can kill the birds just from the fumes from the heat yeah that's how toxic it is um, and then what not? I mean, because because of the bad rap that it is already gaining now, 
manufacturers are changing into different other forms of the same thing. So they say it's PFOA free, but it's PFSAs, you know, it's something else to replace it, which is equally toxic, maybe not even tested or even worse uh, because it's not tested. You don't, you just don't know. So yeah, none of those coatings are good. Um, it reacts with the food. It leaches in heavily. It changes the, 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 the prana, the life, uh, in the food, like the phytonutrients are gone, the um, uh, flavonoids are gone, the water-soluble nutrients are gone, uh, the complex carbohydrates are gone. So it's it's no use. I mean, it's dead matter that you're eating uh, or close to it. And that's why we're so lacking nutritionally. Uh, thank God to life that is in us, that thrives and works, you know, to the best with what it's given, you know, life kind of carries on, but it succumbs to illness so much more quickly because of this nutritionally, grossly lacking, you know, chronically uh, nutritionally lacking food. Uh, so yeah, PFOA is one mm. which we want to avoid at any cost um, if you're cooking healthy. And, and everything you said is so true uh, is because, you know, one doesn't think it's such a mundane, everyday thing, cookware or cooking, you know, you take it for granted. Um, but it is so important where the final process of preparing this food before it's consumed, it's a phenomenal change because food is changing from raw. It's chemically, uh, it's a biochemical reaction. It's going from raw food into a cooked, uh, entity that cannot change back into raw. You know, it's completely changed and where you do this, where this process is, uh, performed, so to speak, is very vital in the wellness and the wholeness of the food itself or the product thereof. So yeah, mm -hmm. PFOA is one, aluminum is another. Uh, aluminum is a known neurotoxin. Mm. Um, it's a uh, highly reactive metal. So now metals are, when they extracted from nature, uh, the oxygen component is removed. So they're constantly trying to oxidize or turn back into what they were in nature, if you were to explain in simple terms, right? So, uh, and food has plenty of oxygen. Food has hydrogen, food has halogens, food has acids and bases. And these are all elements that these metals can react to and leach and form uh, compounds, you know, pseudonutrients in that food uh, so then, then we eat that. And of course, the heat is near infrared heat, which is very damaging to the food. It's harsh. So for example, you're cooking in a metal pot or pan, you touch the pot, you burn your finger or, you know, your hand. It's the same tissue matter. The DNA is different, but the same tissue matter that food is made up of too. And so it is very damaging to the nutrients in the food. The more delicate the nutrients, the more damage it can cause. And then ultimately we're eating... Uh, you know, food that is manipulated in its nutritional value and also depleted because of this, uh, you know, near infrared or um, bad heat, harsh heat, I should say. Yeah, I just want to reiterate um, what you said because you went through it quick of how the food or how the chemicals from these toxic uh, cookware like aluminium, as we say in Australia, aluminium, you say aluminium, <laughs> aluminium and the PFO and the flan. So you're saying that they, com they combine with the food nutrients, obviously, because we're cooking in them. But when you apply any heat, they activate the, the metals and the 
the ions and the chemicals and they react with the food and, and, and bind to the food. And then they enter into our digestive system and then they do whatever food usually does when it gets digested, which is feed our body with nutrients. And not only is the food feeding our body with nutrients, these uh, toxic chemicals and metal ions have joined the party and going deep into your tissues. Um, That's it. Say in an enzymatic reaction, if calcium is needed in a cellular uh, reaction, Chromium, because of the metal that we've ingested, the, the chromium ion can go replace the calcium in that cell that is needed in its, you know, in its bodily function. And when that cell, instead of calcium, has chromium, and that's the same for every other you know, uh, metal in our body that we've ingested because of uh, you know, leaching from the food, it makes that cell into a free radical or a useless cell. You know, and that's where you have cells accumulating that are, you know, void of its functionality or its use because they don't get what they need to grow and multiply and do what they were meant to do in the natural way. Um, so that, that's the one thing and they accumulate in the body. I mean, the full science of uh, knowing exactly what metals do to the body, uh, you, we, we fully don't know, but no it, we're still studying that and understanding that, but it's just huge. And uh, I mean, for one thing, Ayurveda mandates that people cook in clay, pure clay, natural clay, unglazed clay. Um, so you see all these ancient sciences uh, you know, insisting that clay is the purest material is because also, as they see it, it's the five elements coming together. It's the earth, it's the water, it's the fire, it's the space. And what is the other one? It's all coming yeah. together yeah. in a unified form in this clay cookware. So it has energy in and of itself, you know? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. can feel it when you, I have a pure clay pot from, from you and, it is a living entity. It literally right. breathes and it grows bacteria on it. Like it's amazing. Yeah, I'm really amazing. Like, and we'll talk about later, like when I first started getting mold on my pot, not the bad type of mold, but, and I realized it was because I wasn't drying it enough. Um, I was leaving it wet and I wasn't heating it on the stove after I used it. But it's, it's just a living thing. It's like I would go away for a week <laughs> and not use it and it's changes it's like right. it's phenomenal yes so, so it's yeah. interesting it's so interesting when you say that because for different regions of you know even in the united states for different regions we have to kind of modify our instructions differently like people in alaska we have to say dry it some more or wipe it down with a towel versus texas where it's hard it it it, it it act, you know, it kind of um, takes into the environment so much. It it behaves so much like, you know, your living skin. You know, it dries up so much if it, the place is very dry and very arid versus uh, humid places. It reacts differently. And of course, if it's you know, it has moisture saturated in it, um, it could grow mold. It could promote the growth of mold. So yes, it is breathing, living, and you know, active and so on. Yeah. And I guess that goes back to like a core concept in Ayurveda, which is called Okasatmya, which means you should be, you know, using what's local to your area. And when we're, we're not, right. doing, you know, you're shipping your pots, which are from Boston, near Boston in America, 
all around mm-hmm. the world. So I guess if I was using pure clay from my local area, then I then it would be more habituated to that area. That's um, right. So yeah, we have to take the reasonable adjustments to to supporting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so you know, definitely <coughs> aluminium is a no go. Um, that's kind of quite well known and and not just alum you know aluminium foil and all this is bad but once again it's it's worse when you're using it as a pot because the heat is involved and that creates the aluminium to leach out and speaking about aluminium what about a very common one used stainless steel there's different grades of stainless steel right and i believe that they can have at the core something else like aluminium um and then it's kind of covered with so stainless okay. steel, a very popular. Yes. Yeah. There's many different grades. Can you can you give a lowdown on stainless steel because it's very popular. Right, very popular, um, very fashionable uh, is the in thing now. But with the stainless steel now, the problem is it's an alloy. It's a mixture of different metals, and they all hold the same property as metals do, which is the fact that they're reactive. They're not in their original state as they are in nature, which is the oxidized state of the metal, like iron oxide or nickel oxide. They're eliminated, they're separated from what they are in nature and they combined and made into something, you know, like an alloy so they don't rust and, you know, rust resistant, shiny, uh, pretty to look at, don't get messy and so on and so forth. (laughs) Right, those are the features they're marketed for but they, you know, rust and rot our insides because nickel still leaches. I mean, I have calls every, every other week at least. I have people who tell me we've been cooking in the best 316 or 360. I don't know. It's hard to even keep up with the, with the new names they give it. But we've been cooking the best uh, for so many years or a few years because the more recent ones are a few years but some of the best well-renowned companies that make stainless steel cookware. And they said, we've been having so many health issues. We tested our blood, urine tests and everything and found out heavy metals, like, you know, high amounts of nickel, high amounts of cadmium, molybdenum. Um, and these are not good. These are, this is just, you know, going to disrupt your functionality. And, and the other thing that I would really want or love for people to focus on is the health value of the food. When cooked in metals, it is so damaging, you know, the, like the prana that like we, we talk about in Ayurveda is gone. It's out. It's, it's, the food is killed, basically. You know, the, the hard, uh, you know, nutrients like the simple carbs or the, you know, some of the heavier proteins are what might remain. But the more delicate nutrients, what feeds the D- DNA, I heard you talk about, um, you know, health memory in the body. The DNA keeps memory of things, you know, and the immune system, uh, flavonoids of phytonutrients feed the immune system, but that's gone. It's gone in the food cooked in these metal pots and stainless steel is not an exception. Yes, and these are because these metal pots like stainless steel is heating the food very in a very high temperature and you know you put your finger on it you'll burn and ruin your tissue as you said and the same happening with the tissue and the dna of the food and what's amazing about your pots are your pure clay pots is you don't burn yourself you you touch it you can touch it you can put your hand on it warm your hand on them they don't burn and and they're not cooking slow or anything um 
there. And it's funny because I sometimes, because after you use the clay pot, to, to dry it, you have to heat it for a little bit. You have to leave it on the stove after you've cleaned it. And sometimes I forget. So I'll go out for like, I'm, I'm learning now, but I'll go out for like 20 minutes. I'm back. And oh shit, left the stove on. And I turn it off and it's fine. The pot is still intact and I touch it and it's not hotter. It's not too hot. It doesn't burn. That's pretty remarkable. Okay, cool. So what about cast iron? A common one. And we hear it's, it's common. Um, or, or any other forms of iron as a cookware. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. iron's good for us, can be good for us, unless you have hemochromatosis, excess iron, which is a very big danger. But otherwise, mm-hmm. it's good to get some iron in us that way. What's, what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Um, iron comes in two different forms, the ferric and the ferrous form. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ferric form of iron, which is what is found in metals, um, is not assimilated, assimilated or bioassimilated in the body. Um, it cannot be used in the cellular level, although iron um, is, it will show high in the blood, but it cannot be used in the cells. It cannot be used for cellular activity. <clears throat> and then that's everything. Cellular activity is what determines how the you know, tissues behave, how the organs behave, um, how the glands uh, that produce hormones behave. <clears throat> so um while it's i feel it's okay to cook some foods like you're making uh flatbread or so anything that's going to take less than five minutes and does not have a lot of water um involved because water is oxygen and it brings out the nutrients of the food um oxygen and hydrogen basically which are very reactive elements with to this these metals right uh, so as long as it doesn't have that, it's fine. But if it has water in it, it's best not to cook in um, uh, iron because of this fact that it leaches. Uh, the heat is harsh. It's not going to hold the nutrients uh-huh. in the food. It will damage the delicate nutrients in the food. And also um, the fact that uh, it leaches and it kind of corrupts the, the nutritional value of the food itself binds to the nutrients. Mm-hmm. And did you, did you say that ferric oxide is the one that we don't absorb? Um, ferrous. Yeah. The ferrous, ferrous, the ferric form of iron. Yes. The ferrous. Mm. Um, absorb. Mm. Yes. <clears throat> That's a medicine so the, in Ayurveda. The, Interesting. That's called Garika. It's like red orc, right? It's like the ore of clay. Uh-huh. And, and uh, this is we use as medicine uh, for for like bleeding diseases and if you can't get it through mm. the pot you're saying you're saying our, pot, yes. our body doesn't absorb it at, at all or just from from pots in the in the cellular level it is of no value so the body can use the ferrous form which the plants so the plants take in the iron from the earth Hmm. and then make it bioavailable okay. in the ferrous form. Okay. So uh, that is what is assimilated in the body, broken down uh, to the best of its ability and utilized for everything that it can do, it can do <clears throat> in the cellular level. Uh, the ferric form of iron, which is the iron in cast iron, uh, is really of no use. Some people go to the extreme and say that's what causes free radicals in the body. Mm. Uh, because this iron then just gets into cells and of course makes them dysfunctional, making them free radicals causing, you know, um, cancer and so on. But um, yeah, 
the ferrous form of iron is what the body can utilize and the ferric form just like people have high iron uh, those who are eating in uh, you know uh, cast iron for a long time they have uh, issues with um, high amounts of iron in the blood and so on and so forth so mm. the body's not using it the right way Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really don't think that excess iron is definitely a massive problem and can jeopardize the immune system. But it's, you know, if you're not if you're not a female and you're or you're menopause and you're not bleeding every month, then you have to be aware of your iron intake and what you're cooking in. Um, but yeah, we have to look at all the sources. But for those who want to get iron, the mo- you're saying most of the pots don't have the bioavailable iron get it from plants yeah get it from greens get it from you know uh, what really has the iron which the body can use you know spinach twice a week i mean i was low on iron before when i started but on a regular basis the regularity and the consistency is the key and when you cook it in clay the nutrients are retained all of it and the body gets it and utilizes it so well so i mean because after my son i had you know i have four kids so uh i should have been depleted totally in iron because it, it gets worse and so on and so forth but that was not the case it only got better you know iron levels got better uh well balanced and so on mm-hmm. cool so you'd rather a clay pot which is going to retain the iron in the food which is the highest source of iron rather than an iron point pot zapping the iron of the food and extracting it and then you're getting like a tiny bit of iron from the pot the ferric form of iron which yes Mm -hmm. okay cool and then this isn't oh let's go before we what about copper i mean copper is also you know a good nutrient a good metal that we need and it's very hydrating and and it makes the skin youthful and reduces wrinkles that's why you know Mm -hmm. no matter we keep a we keep a cup of copper overnight and then we drink it in the morning um, mm-hmm. but for water, it's good, but, uh, not necessarily for cooking. And then Ayurveda says, especially you should not cook anything sour in it because then it, becomes, mm-hmm. uh, it oxidizes and, and can become toxic, the food. Mm-hmm. So, and also any high, high level of pH, any acid will, will become not good. So any hobbers fancy these days, it looks nice. Um, people are selling it for high amounts of money in cookware. So give us a rundown of that for cookware. Copper, just like, you know, every other metal is reactive. So if you combine copper with oxygen, get mm. copper oxidized or, you know, oxide. Um, with hydrogen, you get a, something else. It's a, there is a chemical reaction there with the halogens, with the acids, with the bases. Um, that is an innate property of metal. It's nothing yeah. wrong with them. That's just the nature. It's their nature to react. Um and when food is being cooked, all these nutrients are breaking down. And so these nutrients, when cooked in a copper pot or any pot for that matter, uh, any other pot or basically metal pot, as our discussion is, uh, you know, in that direction now, um, <clears throat> then have these copper elements mixed in with their nutritive value. And then there's a depletion of nutrients because it's metal. It uh, causes or radiates that far near infrared heat and it's damaging that way. So it's two ways. It's gone. Steam is lost. Copper, a lot of steam escapes when you're cooking in um, these metals, especially with copper because of the high heat. And steam is essentially water-soluble nutrients, the day-to-day nutrients that we need um, in the food, unless you're adding a ton of water to the pot. 
uh, steam is water soluble nutrients in the food and that's lost and so it's food is depleted in more than one way yeah and also tarnished yeah, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. bottom line get rid of the the metal pots and yeah. for cooking for cooking, yeah, for cooking. Definitely. yes it's a good thing uh, when you like certain nutrients or minerals are depleted in the body for because of certain activities or uh, whatever uh, it's a good thing to store like you said in copper and drink it in the morning uh, but for cooking yes it mm. does make a big difference uh, and yeah it's best to avoid okay now on the bright side we have pure clay and and just let's go through the clay as well because i am until recently thought ceramic is basically the same as clay but we should also touch on ceramic because i've got friends in who are cooks and even claim to be ayurveda cooks and they are they're beautiful people but they just don't know and and they i I see their clay pots and and they're glazed um and they don't know they got them off you know ebay um found them in india like who knows where they're coming from so Give us an overview of the clay pot industry and the ceramic industry and, and yeah. Right, sure. So ceramic was, is a man-made material that was birthed to replicate uh, the way clay behaves in its uh, texture and the way it can be made into something. Oh, well, so it has different it was- No, it has maybe, if you're lucky, it has uh, 7% of natural clay. Okay. Okay. That's also, it's also not natural. It's like, you know, a refined form of clay. It's like, you know, some elements are extracted, some are, you know, d- depreciated. And that's the form of clay. So 7% clay and the rest mm-hmm. of it is oxides obtained through fracking, um, things, metals, uh, chemicals. Like if you search, like if you go online and search, you know, chemicals and toxins and ceramic material, you will see over 200 different chemicals and each um, manufacturer has like a proprietary blend, which they're not going to disclose because if you see the, see the list, you're not going to buy the stuff. Yeah. It's over 200 different uh, chemicals and lead is an integral part of it. Uh, lead oxide, uh, the, the, um, it's diff- there are different forms of lead, but there are at least if they remove lead as a core element, they add it in somewhere else. So it's there. Cadmium is there. Uh, you know, molybdenum is there, just to name a few. And then, and then it's so lacking in luster and, and and you know attractiveness to the eye. So then they glaze it. Of course, you just can't eat out of it anyway. Even if you glaze, don't if you don't glaze it for that factor, uh, you have to glaze it anyway because of the chemicals that are in it. Otherwise, FDA is not going to approve uh, importing it and so on. But then glaze also has so many different chemicals. Um, lead is one of them. Lead frets uh, is one of them um, and whatnot. So, you know, it, it's just, it doesn't serve the purpose. The purpose of cooking food is to make it uh, nutritious and useful and uh, of value in the body. But ceramic doesn't serve that purpose. I mean, because like, for example, you compare it with pure clay, pure clay breathes. It is a breathing, um, you know, uh, material. So it makes oxygen available. So as the food is breaking down, you know, it, and it's, you know, it's getting dry and hot. It draws air in 
it draws oxygen in because the pressure inside is higher and it's going to draw some of that uh, from the outside and, and it breathes out toxins. If you actually look at some of the uh, you know, reviews and people who are talking about it, some videos, uh, there, there is, you'll see how like, <clears throat> because clay is positively charged when heated and most toxins are negative ions, it just pushes it out through and through. And those toxins sit all the way on the outside walls of the pot. So those features are just not possible. Of course, we don't advertise that feature majorly because this each pot has its own system. You know, if, if it wants to throw it out, it'll throw it out. So you wouldn't see it all the time, but it's self-cleaning. Clay is self-cleaning and self-detoxing. So it's just going to push it out. You'll see if you cook, like we've tested so many different uh, ingredients. Like we've tested organic black beans versus uh, black beans that are bought from you know unknown sources that you know has been grown with pesticides and toxins and fertilizers it just pushes out all that stuff outside of the pot so yeah all those features are definitely missing and uh, in, I mean, of course those things the body can also digest it's not something that the body cannot eliminate but when the pot mm. does it it becomes so much easier on the gut system yeah, sure. to take to utilize you know yeah we've been heavily exposed to a, a very high amount of toxins and we want to reduce our exposure as much as we can so what happened when you did those tests and the the, the pot was detoxifying the toxins out of the food did you could you smell it could you see it could you feel the toxins on the well they on the outside walls of the pot how did they come out of the outside uh, walls of the pot usually towards the bottom and um, yes, we smelled it. We, we we saw it. We thought this was yuck, and like, oh. where is it coming from? When we first saw it, tasted it. It had a very sour metallic test, taste. Mm. And then we talked to a soil scientist who explained how, uh, you know, because of the positively charged clay and the negatively uh, charged ions, the the most most toxins, they're just gonna get pushed out. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like in the soil, you know, nature will want to cleanse and and clean the soil. Exactly. Doing that mm-hmm. Clay, clay, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, so with the pure clay pots, which is what what you use, and mm-hmm. as we've touched on, it's just so many amazing feats. So mm-hmm. the the big difference is that is this kind of unique, gentle heating mechanism that's occurring with the with the clay, and don't people think you know. Don't think, oh, it's going to be slow cooking. I'm going to be amateur cook. You know, I'm not going to get stuff done fast. It's not at all. If mm. anything, it's a little faster. Is that right? That is correct. Depending on the source of heat, mm. um, many times it's faster or just about the same time. But taking about uh, at least, uh, you know, 25% less heat, mm. uh, at least, or at least, you know, in, in some cases, 50% less heat. Uh, so what it is, is it cooks on medium heat um, many times after at least 10 to 12 minutes of medium heat, you could conveniently turn it back to low or between low and medium if you're in a hurry. But say rice takes um, 20 to 30 minutes in a metal pot, it takes 20 to 30 minutes or 35 minutes in a pure clay pot. Um, on a glass cooktop or a electric st- a coil cooktop, but with gas it just comes to life or or fire. If it's mm. any sort of heat that has fire, 
it just comes to life. Um, food rice cooks in 20 minutes. So that's like about, you know, five to seven minutes less than in metals. Mm. Um, and the most important thing, like you mentioned rice before, I mean, in India, we, you fill the plate with rice, as you know, and then the sauce is just in the side and then vegetables are practically... Yeah. A tiny bit of vegetables, uh, a tiny bit of chutney, <laughs> but big rice. So in that, yeah, you definitely, that need, definitely needs to change. Um, there has to be awareness created about that because I, that was the other thing I changed. But with rice and other grains, the complex carbohydrates, the, uh, carb, the, the form of carbohydrates that helps the pancreas to work better and produce better quality insulin you see that can manage sugar exactly low releasing energy not quick fixes right that uh form of uh you know carbohydrates the complex carbohydrates are retained and that i feel was what healed me because like it was it is an impossible the chances are very slim those who have diabetes diabetes before pregnancy during pregnancy and after pregnancy are most likely to have diabetes in a few years mm. and then mm. but most definitely during the second pregnancy you have to have diabetes and then subsequently mm. any pregnancy is a very very high chance because with me i had um, it was so severe i was injecting myself with insulin wow. you know at least twice a day and so then in that case then subsequent pregnancies mm. most definitely will will have to um, you know be treated and so on for diabetes, but that was not the case because by then I was already cooking in clay. Complex carbohydrates are retained. I started losing weight. Of course, I reduced the amount of food, uh, the rice in my plate, uh, but more importantly, with the, this balance of carbs in the rice that was being cooked yeah. or the quinoa yeah. or the grain or any other form of grain, then really helped to regulate the body and the hormones and the insulin and thereby, you know, cause it to utilize sugars more uh, wisely, so to speak. And this is what is going to really help significantly in India where they're literally addicted to rice. <laughs> like I know I'm people who are very close to me living in South India. If they don't eat rice, they feel incomplete. So that's an addiction. And I just last month or so it was about addictions and I touched on rice. Um, you know, if I once fed an Indian and, and I said, you know, I gave him the usual, my, personally, this is how I think a good meal is. Mostly vegetables, bit of carbs, mm. bit of protein. So mm. I fed this Indian, mostly vegetables, a uh, bit of protein, like a dal, and a bit of carbs, which were fresh bread. And mm -hmm. he, he goes, oh, no rice? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, you can have bread as well, but I need my rice. And so this is a massive problem. But if they use a gentle heating mechanism, which does not destroy the complex carbohydrates in the rice um, and which is the, you know, helping the pancreas and, and regulating insulin properly. And if you destroy that, you're only getting the simple carbs, which is what's spiking the blood sugar and really leading to diabetes. So we're not going to be able to reduce the rice in India. It's going to be hard, although it is happening. They're going more to millet, which is good. Um, but this will just be a massive help. And even Indian families can start adopting this. And I know they will from this podcast that they're going to start getting pure clay pots and using them. This will be a, a massive help. I mean, it's That's phenomenal. Right. That's right. Difference I mean, it's made. very important. 
Right. I mean, your diet has to cater to your lifestyle and vice versa. So if you're a person who's out in the field, working in the farm or moving tractors or building buildings, you know, the, 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 the you know, hard labor or making pots like us, mm-hmm. yes, you could go a little excess for the rice. But if you're someone, you know, doing more of intellectual work on the computer, less of physical labor, you have to reduce the rice. You have to increase the vitamin and uh, you know vitamins and minerals from vegetables, uh, protein from uh, you know lentils and uh, beans, and more of that is is quintessential. So yes, I, I, any day I will you know uh, vote for uh, reducing the quantity of rice that is you know uh, in in an Indian's plate, but uh, that's that's very important, and that alongside. Um, variations in grain is also important, you know, and unleavened bread, like yes. like that, yeah, really help. <clears throat> Along with that, though, uh, cooking in clay, it's equally important, and it makes a big difference to that very, even that little bit of rice you're eating is pure. It, it is, it does not have, it has all the, you know, it doesn't have the metal uh, toxins mm. that the body needs to keep eliminating all the time. It's pure food you're giving, and it has all the nutrients in it. So that's it. That's that's all it takes to become healthy, yeah. you know. And and some exercise. I mean, I don't exercise, go to the gym or that kind of exercise. But it's everyday exercise, going here and coming there and going to work. And I don't do a lot of the parts now because a lot of the other work has kind of bogs me down. I wish I had uh, my hands more on the the pottery. <laughs> you know, I have some great. <laughs> very reliable potters who do an excellent job I supervise but <clears throat> but that seems to be enough as long as you're eating healthy you know I lost I don't know how many 30 40 pounds um, without exercise you know changing the diet slightly yeah. but cooking in clay so I think uh, you know uh, the vitality the the health it's just I mean you can't put a price on that you know you mm-hmm. cannot quantify that at all mm-hmm you can taste it, no doubt, in the food when you're cooking in this clay and you can see it. You can see the the food. When I cook my food in the pure clay pot, it's like concealed, like the food is kept intact and it's not extracted. You know, when you cook, even when I used to cook with cast iron, which I thought was healthy, which isn't the worst, but, you know, um, it, it's, and I still do because I only have one clay pot and I'm after extensively going through your blog i'm trying to find someone to come from usa to australia asap and <laughs> stop cooking with the other shit but um yeah it it the the iron just really just extracts the nutrients and it's just it, you just see the prana you can see the prana you can taste it you can smell it you can feel it um because it's concealed it's cooked in like a you know dutch oven is the same thing basically is that right um, right, a clay pot. Um, so when we moved as a as a civilization or, or a, a race, a human race, we moved from cooking in clay and different groups of people, the nomadic versus the settled versus the highly civilized or, you know, so-called. And then different people moved away from cooking in clay at different points in history. But every form of cookware that has evolved since is is an effort to replicate what food is, mm. uh, you know, in clay. So then you have the Dutch oven, which was an uh, kind of an evolutionary method to try to cook food without burning it. And that's what happens in clay because all the moisture is retained. 
Um, steam falls right back inside. Food doesn't burn all that easily, right? So then the Dutch oven was uh, <coughs> brought about with a thicker base, um, thicker walls, and so on. And then you have the pressure cooker, uh, kind of a method to try to lock all the steam inside. But then that is very <coughs> harmful to the food is because so much pressure and such delicate nutrients are just destroyed. You know, there was a test done um, in India a few years ago. Um, this gentleman cooked uh, lentils, tour dal, in a aluminum or a stainless steel pressure cooker and the other one in clay. And uh, he, he was in a village and he was so certain, so sure that this is really good you know there is a difference in the because it, it tasted amazingly different so he took it i think this was in north india so he went from his village all the way to the laboratory in um, delhi and the first amazing thing was the, the food in the metal pot was it had spoiled right it, it, it went bad but in clay uh, it did not go bad. It, it, it was no spoilage whatsoever after a 24 hours or so a bus journey in India. You know how it is. Um, so he had to recook another part of, and pressure cookers are available everywhere. So in the town, he had to cook, um, you know, uh, lentils again in the pressure cooker, take it to the lab and test it. And they said it was just about 28 to 30 percent of the nutrients remaining when cooked in a pressure cooker versus a hundred percent of the nutrients 98 mm. percent of the nutrients intact when when in cook like the lentils cooked in clay Beautiful. so um yeah yeah these tests were done and it's amazing um we will be doing our own tests soon um but 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 it's just uh, it's very interesting about uh, that but uh, sorry i get excited that's okay when we talk about it and i seem to yeah <laughs> and as well as you know keeping the nutrients it's it's also invigorating the food with prana because the walls of the pure pot is porous and mm -hmm. it draws in air is that right through the, right. Through the walls and that's air. that's i love how you said that it's got all the five panchamahabuddhas the five elements in the pot because mm -hmm. there's, there's the value there's the the air mm -hmm. and uh and that's another reason you shouldn't glaze the pots. You see, that's right. That's uh, right. Clay pots that are glazed—they're just not getting that air in it, and and regular right. and, and able to uh, eliminate the toxins, as you said, out the walls and taking the oxygen in the walls. I wanted to ask how, how you when you got into this and you started researching it. How did that go? Because I believe you went to India, and that's right. I mean, like a lot of people are getting clay pots from India, Nepal, and. One, one amazing thing about you is you, you um, vigorously test your soil. You've got um, heavy metal reports showing what's going on with the soil and you've also got showing the nutrient content in the soil. Um, right. But, you know, people who are getting it from elsewhere, they don't know what's happened on that soil, what farming practices have happened there, if any. Has any industrial practice happening there? What's nearby? Are there any open coal mines nearby? Um, where, where, where do you get your soil from, your clay? Sure. Um, starting off with the research thing, um, yes. So when I started looking into pure clay and uh, finding out the great many benefits of cooking in clay, um, I looked for it locally. I did not find it um, in its purest form, so I decided to make it myself. Um, I looked for places to learn about it, but everything I was taught was based on ceramic clay, and nobody had no clue how to just gather clay from the earth and start making things or of that nature. 
So then I knew that it was a practice uh, that was prevalent in India. So I decided to travel back home and then see. Um, <clears throat> I visited many, many groups of people uh, which who had either just come away from cooking in clay or were still cooking in clay. And they were significantly healthier than most of our society today. So that was, and, and the only factor, if you talk about scientific testing, if you eliminate every other type of uh, contributing variable uh, and you leave just one variable, then you know that this has a greater influence um, and you are closer to the answer, so to speak. So the food was the same. If the the the, the um, you know the chemicals and the fertilizers are still getting into the soil unfortunately um, mm -hmm. the air was just as bad you know but the clay pots made a big difference it was the only differentiating factor and then they were so much more healthier and I was like okay so that's one of the you know additional uh, points uh, in my research and uh, so then uh, <clears throat> both great and small I mean you know different communities it was just amazing the experiences I can never forget. And I'm, for, I'm forever grateful to all those people who um, helped me to, you know, in my search for truth. Um, and then I said, I was going to come back to the United States. I saw what was lacking in the clay pots that were making, that they were making there and the extensive uh, and, you know, irrational way industries were just being built helter skelter wherever and toxic, toxic waste was being disposed, you know, carelessly. Um, and, you know, to a potter, because it's not a, you know, it's, people don't want to buy a clay pot for more than 20 rupees in India, right? Um, so then the potter does not have a lot of money to go dig the earth, go test it and so on and so forth. He's going to go for the, the closest, uh, you know, location that he can find. Um, so in that case, so I, I saw the, those, those places that they were lacking. And then when I came back to the United States, I, I, I wanted to make it here. Um, I started pouring out, <clears throat> pouring onto like a lot of geographic maps and uh, trying to look for locations where, and I prepared my family. I said, if we have to relocate, we have to move, get ready for that, pack your bags, but uh, this is what I'm going to do. <clears throat> and fortunately, um, you know, divinely <laughs> provided, the clay was right under my nose. I mean, right here in Massachusetts, we found some of the purest, uh, richest clay um, harvested it when you see it as a potter you know when your eyes are trained and I was just starting off I mean I'm no expert but when you see the clay you can detect you know which is clay which is pure clay um, you'll see every kind of thing on just at the topsoil it just does not take anything into itself clay is so uh, you know, self-cleaning, so to speak. Um, it's just going to eliminate the bad, hold on to the good, and, and just stay that way because of its elasticity. And primary clay has two layers of elasticity. That's what makes it unique. And that's what makes it possible for us to use it and use no other contaminants, no other elasticizers or additives, and be able to make um, pure clay pots. Um, so yeah, we found the, the clay we needed right here in Massachusetts, tested at University of Amherst um, in Massachusetts, you know, certified um, state lab, well-renowned uh, for testing um, soil and loved what we saw, was happy that no lead and uh, of course we take it from far under the earth. So there's not going to be, you know, elements of you know, danger, but, but still it's good to test. 
So we tested it. That way you've eliminated every possible doubt and, you know, mm. for people to complain about. And then we said, this is it. We got what we wanted. We're going to start making it. And then I um, started making specialized molds um, to make them in and, uh, you know, designed a process where uh, any, I could take any part, anybody, any you know, person, not a trained potter, but anybody from the street and train them for five, seven minutes, and they'll be all set to start making the pots. And of course, they will become more and more proficient in doing it as they make more and more of the pots. But very little training, seamless, because to hire a potter and get things done, it would have, you know, been so much more expensive. And my whole idea was, you know, there's a group of people who can work behind computers and do all the tech stuff and that yada yada, but really not catering to the other group of people who are so good at working with their hands. And we need to give them quality jobs uh, so they can have a, you know, a good life too. So they're not, you know, have a, they may not be great with computers. They may not be great with technology, but they can be so good with doing things with their hands. And that's the kind of people we cater to, we employ, and, and they do a fantastic job. And their parts, you know, they travel all over the world. And then it came to packaging. And I'm, you know, so connected with the environment from the time I was a, you know, little kid. It didn't make sense that we would destroy our own home. You know, this is the home we have. It just did not make sense that we would um, harm the planet in any way because we're here for a time, we're gone. Uh, what do we leave behind? Our filth, our you know, our our, our 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 whatever, whatnot, or something that the future can you know cherish and learn from, and and uh, and, uh, and a legacy, so to speak. So with the packaging, packaging is one of the biggest reasons there are man-made continents forming in the ocean. Packaging material. I mean, we and and people are buying everything online now, and unfortunately, they just stuffing it with plastic, bubble wrap, foam, uh, whatnot, you know. I looked at all the packaging options that all these, uh, you know, commercial packaging engineers were suggesting and we just put all of that aside and we said we have to do, use natural materials and uh, we went with uh, pulp that's made from reused paper, not bleached, not tainted, not stained, not treated with chemicals. Plain pulp, the same material that you use to pack um, eggs and so on, the most uh, delicate or fragile items, and uh, they ship all over the world. And uh, uh, we also, with UPS, we made sure we, um, you know, ship them carbon neutral. So for every shipment, any carbon emissions, uh, they have programs where they plant trees to offset that carbon emission. So there's like from start to finish, and then in use and also in disposal, they are 100% green. I remember receiving my, my box of, of pot from USA, from you. And I remember there was not one bit of plastic. Like it was, as you said, the egg gardens. And I've, and I've actually noted that to implement in my own business of shipping out herbs to people. I'm going to really take action on that. So thank you for um, inspiring me more. Even the fragile sticker on the pot was paper. <laughs> on the box like, yes we tried it we tried everything there was not one bit of plastic it was all paper it was fantastic <laughs> so yeah this is really adding all to this you know it's extremely green and sustainable company you have so congratulations in that 
Thank you. Thank and, you. Uh, I think we, we owe it to Mother Earth. You know, it's so silently. <clears throat> I get emotional when I talk about this, but it's so quietly. I mean, it doesn't do a pomp and show. So quietly gives us everything we need, you know, from the sun that rises in the morning to, to the moon that rises in the evening, to the air that we breathe. So quietly and peacefully gives us so much in abundance. And then what do we do in return? I mean, we take all of it and then trash it. You know, it just doesn't make sense. And as companies, the startups or uh, big companies, I think we owe that because as a company, we, ha we are in that position to make a difference. You know, what we ship uh, and as we grow in volume, it may not make a difference right away, but as we grow in volume, imagine how much litter and plastic is going to last for another five, six hundred years and don't know what toxins it's going to emit when it's finally, you know, biodegrading, you know, it's, it's just not right. So it's it just, if you're trying to, the whole thing was, if you're trying to cure uh, the planet of cancer, let's not give cancer to the planet you know let's not make it cancerous by 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 you know polluting it so badly mm -hmm. that is the concept i mean if you're trying to heal yourself of illness and disease let's not cause disease to happen to the planet you know so yeah, okay. yeah. it's even people can get sick when others are sick and when and then the planet's sick Exactly. I've got an intriguing question which intrigued me about clay when, when I was in, and it's so funny because for all those listening, for you listening, um, I did not know Miriam was Indian until we turned the camera on today. So <laughs> that's, that's nice that you've got that background. And when, when I'm in India and when I, I, as much as I can, I, I go on Yatra, I go on pilgrimage to temples and some of the temples in Karnataka and Tamil Nadu, I've heard and I've also experienced, my teachers have told me to go get the special clay from there. Okay, they call it murtika and it, it's given as prasad, as like a holy offering. And, you know, especially my teachers, Ayurvedic doctors have said, go travel, you know, 10 hours to this temple and bring me this murtika, this clay, because it's very medicinal. And it's, the reason is because it's in these, you know, potent um, vibratory geographical regions when there's so much um, vibrations and pujas, yagyas, ceremonies, um, ceremonies to enliven laws of laws of nature. And so have you, have you ever explored that? <laughs> <laughs> um, it is so interesting. Um, I mean, I've explored it to a certain extent and that's why we, you know, we make what we make because it is pure, because it is mm. holy. And it's so interesting you say that because when I started, like I just touched on, uh, you know, when we, when we initially started talking about it, um, I had priests, Hindu priests uh, from the coldest regions of, you know, of the United States. A fine gentleman called me on the phone and he, and he had a very strong Maharashtrian accent, you could say. Uh, he said, what you're doing is holy. And what he meant to say, you know, is holy. Mm -hmm. Um, and same thing, I have imams, uh, you know, religious leaders of the Islam faith, Christians. I mean, in Christianity, in the Bible, there is there are scriptures that talk about uh, cookware that is likened unto the basins in the temple, you know, made from. And that is that was holiness unto the Lord, which is, yes. you know, holy yes. material. Um, I also 
um, and then from imams who said, you know, when when the when our patriarchs or the you know the ancestors, the first people were sent out of the garden, as as you know, as the, their um, story goes in scripture, the first traits, like the Bible talks about uh, them being taught to make 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 clothes, but they were taught other life skills too by the angels, and making cookware or pots to cook from clay was one of them. They were taught to make clay pots. They were taught to make clothing. They were taught to make, uh, you know, bows and arrows, everything, because they come from the state of in complete innocence and, uh, you know, not knowing, so to speak, into having to fend for themselves. And clay pots were a quintessential part of what they were taught. And that's why, regardless of where people went, like if it was the Native Americans or uh, the people in, you know, original to Australia or the Indians or the Japanese, they all, the one trait that connected us was cooking clay. The Chinese, the African, you know, some nomadic races moved away from clay because they thought it was more inconvenient. Over time, we lost the importance of why we cooked in clay. We just looked at it as a cooking, you know, uh, just a cooking pot and it could be replaced. We didn't know why our ancestors cooked in it or insisted cooking in it. But then, um, so <laughs> she's so curious, she wants to know what's going on. Um, but then we, uh, you know, we, uh, yeah, we forgot, I mean, we lost that trade. But, but wherever we come from, we all cooked in clay. That's one thing connecting, if you will see, you know. And, and interestingly, if you see uh, people, the natives of the place, they, you will hear people say, oh, they did not have any illness. And if you see everything about them, they're eating the same vegetables, they're eating the same grains. If it's not rice, if it's wheat, if it's not wheat, it's, it's a, you know, millet and so on and so forth. What kept them far from illness, it was their cookware. You know, that was the one differentiating factor from people who had illnesses in their body versus going to these indigenous groups that did not have any it was what they were cooking in because the you know food was more nutritious. I mean, that's my own, uh, you know, what I kind of make of it from what I've seen and researched. But um, it is nonetheless, an, you know, an interesting observation. Yeah. I as think. well as the food, yeah. how, how much chemicals are getting. Be sure. Yes. But, you know, even before, I mean, 100, 200 years ago, food was yeah. to an extent all... pure. You know, even the ones who were traveling with the illness, they, 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 the food was pure, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the pesticides and fertilizers came about later on. Uh, but yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to wrap up, but, uh, one, one thing I want to ask, what about frying? Can you, uh, can you fry with clay pots? Can you fry? Yes. Like, not for example, fry. fry spices. Yeah. No, not deep fry. Yeah, like yeah, fry spices and ghee. Right. And... Mm hmm you can do that? Yes, you can most certainly do that. Um, uh, I was talking to another gentleman here, I think he was from Texas, and he's telling me how he does this part of soup, uh, lentil soup. So th this gentleman uh, follows the Ayurvedic um, diet and method of cooking or uh, teaching of cooking. So he's like, I need to be able to fry my spices to bring out the prana, right? Mm. So I was trying to explain to him how... <clears throat> Uh, you know, the frying of spices came as a result of dead food in, in the metal pots. So food in its entirety is retaining its prana when cooked in clay. 
So then if you make a pot of soup and you have to like finally finish off with frying or um, tempering the spices, yeah. you can actually, so say you make, you, you make a pot of soup, lentil soup, you have vegetables in there, you have turmeric, uh, you know, garlic, so on and so forth. You just clear the top surface of, of the soup and add your oil. And then in that oil, you cover the lid a little bit, let it get warm because oil is not going to mix with the water. Oil is going to stay where you put it till you go and stir it. So then the oil is going to stay where it is. Then add your spices, uh, you know, let it heat up just a little bit, open the lid again, add your spices to that oil, that little, you know, bowl of oil that you've created in the pot and then close the lid again and then give it about four or five minutes. And you have kind of brought out the prana from the spices in that oil and then you could stir it to the rest of the pot so you don't have to do it separately so that's as far as tempering which is a predominant or a um, necessary step in indian cooking or and many other types of cooking too i'm gonna try that right saves, saves another saves washing up an extra pan exactly and <laughs> time saves uh, you know energy Definitely, most definitely, and healthy, you know. Uh, you have not kind of had to get your foods in contact with metals at all. So again, to say that, again, it's um, in the part of sauce or soup or whatever you've cooked, clear just a little space on the top, add your oil, and the oil is going to, will not uh, mix with the rest of the pot till you mix it. So then you add your spices on top, let it sit there for a little bit, it gets heated in that oil and then you stir it to the rest of the pot. So mm. that's the, the secret to doing it in clay. But you could, talking about frying, you can um, saute fry, um, you could um, stir fry, uh, except for deep frying, which is not good anyway. No. Um, you could do every other form of frying, but not as vigorously as you would in metal. For example, you're doing some kind of a dry subji or dry you know, something semi-dry, I should say, because food really doesn't get super dry in clay um, unless you leave the pot open or using very high heat and so on and so forth. Uh, but you add the oil, add the onions, add your spices, um, cover, let it get heated just a little bit. So you don't have to wait. Like in a typical metal pot, the recipe would say, add oil, let it heat up for some time, and and then put throw in a um, you know a, a, a cumin seed check if it's hot if it sizzles then it's ready then add your onions then saute till they're dead mm -hmm. <laughs> and then add, you don't have to do any of that you add the oil add the onions add the first set of spices mm -hmm. cover give it five minutes open the lid onions are cooked already to the consistency that you want them to and then you add the rest of the ingredients let it be cauliflower uh, string beans, carrots, you add them all, cover, and let it cook for a little bit. Let that heat and steam circulate inside, and then you stir it and you go from there. Okay, great. So, a few more things I just want to quickly add cleaning these pots are very easily, they're naturally mm -hmm. non stick, um, and there's no additives at all whatsoever throughout your whole process of creating your pure clay pot. That is correct. Mm -hmm. Makes it probably America's healthiest cookware, as you Thank say. You. And, um, and I just want to let the audience know that there's other things to cook with, according to Ayurveda, or other vessels more so, like beneficial, like let's say vessels not to cook with, 
because we don't want the metals, but we don't want the high heat to um, destroy the nutrients. And, and, but like silver, it's beautiful to eat from silver. It's beautiful to eat from gold. Use gold spoons that will give you such a rejuvenative metal in your body. Um, even bronze is indicated for certain sour substances. Um, and then, of course, clay and gold and glass is good for drinking and, and good for making rice. Um, but coal, gold is good to cook, you know, I must say, although, it, you know, some certain things, and yes, you have that. Uh, I'm not sure I've never cooked in gold, hopefully one day. <laughs> um, you know, you you got to be careful with that, with that burning of the food, with the metals. But um, yeah, there's, yeah, so many, so many metals and, and, and uh, elements and uh, minerals in Ayurveda and, and clay, not only to cook with, but, you know, clay is used as medicine. As I mentioned earlier, the Gairika, the red orc um, is it for internally use. And also of course, for externally use to mix the clays with the herbs and apply a paste on the body. Generally, clay overall is cooling. So as well as the mot, the pot would be like a cooling energy on the body. And uh, yeah, the clay, you know, we can call it um, Gaurakatika or, or the Mritika. So it's good. I know clay is very much good for poison. And it's so funny because Ayurveda says clay is very good for curing poison out the body. And, you know, yeah. it's the same thing that the clay pot is doing. It's literally cleaning out the poison out of the food and as you've seen in experiments so yeah beautiful um so if people want to get your clay pots your pure very sustainable um wonderful clay pots they go to miriamsearthandcookware.com all right thanks so much thank you anything else you want to leave the audience with Sure. I um, would like to say thank you first to everything you're doing. Um, podcasts, great. Uh, the work you're doing, uh, it is a blessing to the community, to the society and the world around. So yeah. a big uh, namaskara and thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh-huh. And um, yes, continue doing the good work and, uh, you know, uh, support the world in, in the ways that you are called to do. and. Um, yeah, we make these cookware for people like you and, and the audience. We make it because we think you, you know, we all deserve a very healthy life, a very long life, a void of illness and sickness and disease. So we've been through a lot to bring this uh, to fruition. So, and, and what we ask in return is uh, that you go out and love. And share the love and, and love freely, forgive kindly and generously and stay healthy. That's our, our um, you know, the, the, the motive of our story. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out the show notes. Every episode has them included in these show notes is the discount code. In fact, the unique link to get a 10% discount from these pots. I mean, come on. That's all you want to cook with, right? As well as under about... And then Friends of Vital Vader, and then Miriam's Earthen Cookware. So the About section, Friends of Vital Vader, Miriam's Earthen Cookware, you'll get the unique link for 10% off, all on the Vital Vader website. And get cooking healthy. Check out the other episodes, check out the Instagram, check out the newsletter, sign up on the website for more knowledge and wisdom. Peace!